This is Sports Jam. I'm Doug Doyle. My guest is one of the most famous soccer players in the world, and now he's a co-host of a special bilingual podcast leading up to the FIFA World Cup. It's through LX News and Telemundo. I'm former Colombian striker Juan Pablo Angel. And I'm LX News host Uh, Eric Alvarez. Wondering if you should root forward at the FIFA World Cup? We are hosting a new podcast, My New Favorite Futbolista, where we will introduce you to soccer's brightest stars and the causes they're championing. U.S. defender Chris Richards is fighting racism in soccer. Ecuadorian midfielder Jose Cifuentes is improving access to education for aspiring soccer stars. Subscribe to My New Favorite Futbolista for free, whatever you listen to podcasts. It's the wonderful Juan Pablo Anhelm joins us. Great to see you and thanks for being on Sports Jam. Great to see you too, Doc. It is a pleasure to be here, part of the show. Now, of course, uh, those who are familiar with Juan Pablo Angel's great career, he was a striker for leading clubs in his native Colombia, Argentina, England, and the U.S. He's the all-time leading Colombian scorer in the English Premier League. He had some great battles as he represented the Colombian national team in three World Cup qualifiers. You know what it's like to be in this tournament. What are the players thinking about with just a few days before the World Cup begins? Doug, I think it's, it, it's going to be a very interesting World Cup for so many reasons. But uh, from the players' point of view, I think everybody should be excited. This is the biggest stage for the sport. This is where you obviously want to play. Uh, as a child, you dream obviously to be taking part of, uh, or to, to take part of a World Cup. Uh, so everybody should be excited. But also... Uh, because of the time of the year that the World Cup, this World Cup is going to be played, you will think the, that the majority of the players are reaching their peak or are, are their peak of the performance, uh, contrary to what normally happens that the World Cups come off the back of, a, uh, of the end of the season, uh, where the majority of the players are tired or, you know, getting down of their peak form and so on and so forth. So I'm, I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to it. We're also looking forward to it because it's a time where even if you're not a huge soccer fan, you bond with your team, you bond with your country. That's what makes the World Cup special. For you, you have so many allegiances because you have played for some great teams. So when you look at this competition, is that the beauty of the World Cup for you, that when you go to a sports bar, you see it's packed during the World Cup, you go to a restaurant in the Ironbound in Newark, and it's, it's uh, Portugal fans are there crazy for their team. Is that what the special thing is about the World Cup? I, I think it is, Doc. I mean, part of it is that I think there is very few things in life that have the ability to change the state of mind of uh, the whole country, uh, whole population. For us right now, Colombians is a little a bit of sweet uh, taste because we're not going to be taking part of the World Cup. But obviously, as you said, there's other teams that we look forward to. And in my case, in particular, uh, just being a massive uh, Messi fan, I would love him for for to for him to do well in this World Cup. Just to hopefully to get to win it um, because of what he has done, uh, because of how lucky we were. To, to, to have the opportunity to watch him for so many years performing at the level that he has performed. And I also think that, you know, uh, it's been a, a while since uh, any South American team has been able to win the World Cup. So hopefully this is a great opportunity for us to go back and, you know, and do well on it and hopefully get to win it. 
I teach a sports broadcasting class, and we talked all about you yesterday, and we talked about the teams that they wanted to see win, and several picked Argentina. They would like to see uh, win the World Cup this time around. Some people going with Brazil, Brazil being uh, most people's favorite, I think, but I'll talk to you about it. But let's talk about this special bilingual podcast that you're involved in now. Are you enjoying yourself? I, I loved it, Doc. Right from the beginning, when they basically set me up for the project, uh, I, looked, I looked at it and, and I, thought it, I thought it was a phenomenal opportunity. And the reason being because it's, it's that we normally know a lot about you know soccer players on the field, what they do, how uh, their ability to play the sport, how good they are, and so on and so forth. But there's a few or well, little uh, about uh, this of players in general to know what they stand for, what they wanted to raise this, their voices for, and just to get to know their personal stories uh, and what they're passionate about of the field. I think is just the beauty of the, this podcast. And I'm, 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 I'm positive that, you know, people will definitely enjoy what we have been able to put out. From the U.S. defender who is fighting racism in soccer. This isn't politics, this is life. To the Mexican defender who is giving a voice to farm workers. It's a job where you sacrifice a lot. To hear these inspiring stories about your favorite soccer stars, check out my new favorite futbolista wherever you listen to podcasts. And, you know, you are always so cool. I mean, just take a look at you. Those who are watching <laughs> us right now, uh, I could never, no matter what I put on, could be as cool as Juan Pablo Angel. You know, you, you look great. You sound great. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing more from you during uh, the whole World Cup and then this podcast. You know, tell us more about the LX News and Telemundo broadcast and how it's been good for you. I think it's, it's been great. But uh, just, Doc, the, you mentioned saying that you know, I'm bilingual. I'm far from it. I struggled throughout the whole show. Eric was phenomenal. So when I listened to him, you know, switching from Spanish to, to English, I said, oh, what am I saying? What am I doing? So, but the whole production team was phenomenal. They really looked after me and, and treated me well. Uh, but I think it's going to be interesting because of the stories that those players, uh, you normally hear about the likes of Messi. We've been talking about him early in the show, uh, Ronaldo and so on and so forth. But this, you know, Rising stars, They're, they have a lot to talk about. It. You know, we're talking about you know uh, Julian Araujo, or farm workers. He came, he comes. His background is from family. His family has a lot of you know farm workers. Then Mark Anthony K for single mothers. He's talking about the stories, the things that he has to go through in life. Uh, Jose Cifuentes and 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 the Andre the Elin and so on and so forth. There's and and you connect to them uh, because at the end of the day. Uh, Especially in the way we communicate right now, the majority of the soccer players, of the soccer players, sport personalities, they become celebrities, and people think that they're untouchable. And 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 when you listen to them talking about this, trying to raise their voices about you know things that you know matter, uh, they they actually seem to be. I'm not I'm not saying that they're more passionate about the sport, but they're they're extremely passionate about it, and they really want to make a difference. Speaking of passion, nobody's more passionate than Andres Cantor who uh, was a guest here on Sports Jam. And, you know, Telemundo has done such an incredible job of telling us about and making this sport special. And uh, we're excited to see more about that. Now, when you played, you lit up so many different teams, but we remember you here in our area, of course, for when you played with, with the Red Bulls and, and scoring game-winning goals and, and just having a, a wonderful career in the MLS as, as you know, you did – with international competition, one of my students 
Patricia Navarro. And Patricia is a huge soccer fan, Juan Pablo. And I asked her, what would you want to find out from the great Juan Pablo Angel? And she said, the pace of the game. How difficult was it for you to change from certain teams as you went along from River Plate and Aston Villa and, and all those teams that you played and then to the MLS? How difficult was it to change the pace of the sport of soccer for you? That, that is actually a great question. Uh, but let me refer to Nigel Rebels uh, and my time in there. I, I've always been a big admirer of the MLS and I have been able to foresee the growth and the, the rapid growth of the sport in the United States. And I'm extremely happy uh, about it. And, uh, and Nigel Rebels holds a, an, a special part in my heart because of the way they treated me, because of the way uh, I, me and my family enjoy our time uh, within uh, the New York, New Jersey area. And, and, and I always, you know, when I go back, I actually went back a, a couple of months ago and just to be able to work uh, around uh, New York Rebels Arena and so on and so forth and meet some of the people that are still working in there during my time. Uh, it was it was a phenomenon. I'd always be grateful with not only with the MLS but also with the Red Bulls. And I'm talking about you know the, the specific question. It was a struggle when I went from Colombia to Argentina. The pace, not only the pace was was different. It was more physical. The demands were bigger. The expectations for the from the fan were bigger. So I needed it to adjust. And I always said, you know. Uh, for you to have a phenomenal career or to have a good career in the sport, yes, you do need to have ability, but you need to be able to adjust and adapt to different cultures and to different weathers, to different languages, to different pace, uh, to different demands, and so on and so forth. And then when I moved to to, to the Premier League, it was even worse uh, because when I when I played for River Plate in Argentina, that was arguably the best team in the league. So you play with the best players. You play to win the titles. You, the expectations for the fans are to win every single game, to win every single competition you play for. Uh, but then I went to England, and although Aston Villa is a, a massive club with a lot of history, it wasn't. It wasn't the case. We some years we fight for survival. Some years we fight just to get into any European competition. But also the pace of the game, the language, uh, it was a massive, massive struggle for me at the beginning to adjust to it. And at that time, the welfare for players, uh, foreign players from South America wasn't a part of the Premier League clubs. They started to build it up uh, slowly uh, during the early years of 2000, 2001, 2002. But when I joined the Premier League and Aston Villa in particular, uh, there was not much support. So we have to do a lot of it on our own to le learn the language, to learn how to prepare ourselves. So it was obviously me having the right mentality in order for me to try to succeed in a very hostile environment, which uh, everybody expects you per to perform well uh, from the very first minute. And it's not really not the case. You have to have a little bit of patience to adjust to it. Uh, Things have changed. Things have changed uh, now in terms of infrastructure and help for foreign players and so on and so forth in the majority of the clubs, in particular in the in, in the Premier League. But it was a massive struggle for me. Gavin puts this one up high, looking to get on it. McKenzie, and what a finish in front! Juan Pablo Angel back at Red Bull Arena for a one nothing Chivas lead. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Again, the substitution at the halftime 
Mark, Red Bull start out defensively. Watch McKenzie. He's going to win this header right here. That makes the play. And that's a highlight real goal by the man you identified, Steve, one of the greatest strikers in the history of Major League Soccer. We're speaking with Juan Pablo Angel here on Sports Jam. Every parent wants their kid to be a, a soccer star, especially at World Cup time. Everybody thinks that their kid, whether they be a young girl or a young boy, could grow up to be the next Juan Pablo Angel. But for you, take us back. Do you remember the first time or one of the first times where somebody said, hey, this kid's pretty good, or you felt, hey, I'm a little bit better than the rest of the gang? I mean, in, back in my time, Doug, it was a little bit different for me. I grew up, you know, playing on the streets uh, and it was my passion, but I didn't see myself making a business out of it or living out of the sport. I wanted just to eventually be able to play uh, at the uh, uh, Stadio Atanasio Hiratot, which is obviously my local uh, home stadium, uh, and play for the team that I was supported of. Uh, and I didn't really have the chance to, to select the team that I was going, was going to support my father basically when I was born just put the jersey on it and I didn't have any choice and uh, and so things just started to I, I guess happen you know uh, without even planning it uh, because my father and this is a personal story my, my father used to say uh, listen son you can do whatever you want either a lawyer or a doctor and I said hold on listen I, I'm confused about that I want to be a footballer so listen to me son lawyer or doctor <laughs> and I decided to play the sport. And then I understood that it was a whole new world, you know, when you become professional. There's a lot of things that you have to basically get to learn. So for me, a lot of the stuff was a bit hostile and traumatic. Uh, but then this is what generated me passion, uh, what I'm more passionate about than anything else. And even though now that I'm not playing anymore, I'm finding it hard to find something that, you know, connect me and uh, the way the sport connected me. Uh, and, I, and, and I actually got a son right now that uh, he just turned professional. And I look at him and I said, listen, son, you, you should have, you know, learned from me. You should have picked something different. And, but, and a doctor, anyway. you're a lawyer, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know that. But, but anyway, I mean, uh, when you're passionate about something, it's very hard just to walk away from it. And, and I was one of those fortunate kids that eventually made it. Uh, and I'm grateful because a lot of, you know, what I am and, and what I got today is because of the sport. And we're so glad that you chose soccer over being a doctor <laughs> or a lawyer because you've provided so much energy and fun through the years and you're still doing it. That's what's wonderful. You're sharing your knowledge and passion for the game through the podcast and through commentating. And, and we're so excited about, uh, about the World Cup. Now, the venue for the World Cup has been one that a lot of people are talking about. Is there anything you want to mention about Qatar? Some people say Qatar. Has it been a has it been a distraction to the players? You think? I mean, I I I'm only look at it uh, from the football point of view. I really hope that you know the tournament is a tournament with a lot of you know quality. That the spectacle that we're going to watch is is good enough for us. Uh, the venues are certainly beautiful. Uh, it's a time of the year that we're not accustomed to watch World Cups. So there's a lot of things that I would like to concentrate on and I'm looking forward to. And hopefully, you know, when this World Cup is over, there's going to be a lot of, you know, things, hopefully good things to talk about. it. The youth of the U.S. team is something that we hear in commercials and people are talking about. 
could that energy give them what they need? They take on Wales in their first match. Do you think this U.S. squad is different than some of the other squads? And if so, why? I think it's younger. Uh, not being able to be part of the previous World Cup uh, gave them an opportunity just to do something different in order to get back. There's, although there is a lot of youth in, in within the squad, but also a lot of those players have a lot of mileage on them. Uh, they have experience. They play for some of the biggest teams in Europe. Uh, a lot of them are playing week in and week out at the highest level. And at the end of the day, dog, is how well do you get to feel? I mean, how well do you get to connect those players for those 40 days or whatever many days you're going to be there? And if they get to click it, during the tournament, anything can happen, and that applies for a lot of the uh, for, for a lot of the of the teams. Uh, having said that, obviously there are teams that you think that they're going to do well because of their their history, because of you know the level they're at right now, and, and that might include the likes of Brazil, Argentina, uh, probably England, uh, France, Belgium. I don't know, and probably a few more. But th there's always surprises in this tournament, and 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 I. I, I think, you know, there's there's a lot of quality with the U.S. men national team squad to be able to, to, to at least have expectations and do well during this tournament. Some games are decided by, you know, one goal. And just like the sport of hockey, if you don't have a good goalie, you're, you struggle. Who's the best goalie out there right now, Juan Pablo? And who could make a difference for, for their squad? Oh, that's a difficult one, Doc. I, oh my gosh, I don't know. I think there, there's a lot of things playing a, a big part right now in the sport. Technology has certainly changed. You know the way we at least prepare uh, our teams and our our, our games, uh, and having access to all the information and data you you can, uh, uh, but also being able to administer that data uh, in order for you just to make the most of it and giving it to the players. Uh, and when you look at it, a lot of games nor are only decided by one goal, but all, a lot of them are decided by a set-piece situation. So I think the preparation is going to be huge. Uh, how do you prepare your teams for each and every single game? Uh, and then obviously making sure that you take advantage of the, thing that, the things that you obviously strong uh, and have the ability for and make sure that you control the weaknesses in the best way possible in order for you just to succeed in this World Cup. You mentioned that South America needs to get back on top of uh, the World Cup here. Why did it change? I think the separation Doc, between Europe and the rest of the world is getting bigger and bigger. And that might be due to resources, infrastructure, you know, knowledge, so on and so forth, whatever it might be. Uh, but the separation is certainly there. And so when I said that the, I would love to wait to, to, for any South American team to be able to win the World Cup is because it will give us an opportunity just to start to do things better, uh, not only for each federation in South America, but also for the confederation, that we start to basically cut that gap a little bit because the separation is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. My new favorite footballista. It's that bilingual platform that showcases the most inspiring stars of the FIFA World Cup Cutter 2022. And it's available in English and Spanish, and it's in partnership with Telemundo Deportes. What have you learned through this podcast about your sport that maybe you didn't even think about before? I mean, the, the stories alone, you know, it was a big eye opening for me. 
because uh, and as I, as, an, as I mentioned to you earlier, when you look at uh, soccer players, you look at the celebrities, you look at you know the way they play, you judge them, so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, they're normal people. Uh, they go through struggles. They have you know whatever many stories to tell. So when you sit down and talk to them and they tell you about the things that they're passionate about, it is you know it changes not not only the perception of of them uh, as a football players or, or as a soccer players, but also there's a lot more that we footballers can do, soccer players can do, uh, uh, utilizing our voice to do greater uh, in the things that are happening outside the field. Even though Colombia is not in the World Cup, as you mentioned, when you were in three of those World Cup qualifiers with that team, how did the passion, the the heart inside, how hard was that pumping as compared to a regular soccer match? I mean, it's always to play for the national team is different, Doc. It's, it's, you're representing your country. You know that there's millions of people, you know, that are going to change their lives for those, you know, 90, whatever minutes you're playing, that they're going to probably change the entire week, the entire month. Uh, and there's always a massive, massive, massive pride uh, just to be able to represent their country. And there's only a few, you know, people that have that opportunity and be, be part of that for whatever many years I was part of it, it was probably one of the most, you know, one of the highlights of my career, regardless of how good or how bad you did. But the, just to represent the con- your country is, is a phenomenal honor. You mentioned that your son now is, is, is a soccer star. What question or what topic have you two shared that was most either most difficult for you to answer or something that, you know, that you can share with us that you two have talked about that take us inside that father-son relationship? Doug, it's, it's difficult because he was born uh, and on a footballer's house or a soccer player's house. So he had access at a very early age to obviously the resting rooms, the training grounds, the games, so on and so forth. He has, so firsthand, he, he was part of it. Uh, and I guess uh, he... I didn't ask him to to choose uh, the same path uh, of his father. I didn't force him to play the sport, but that's what he has chosen, and and I'm here to support him. Uh, sometimes, as I see it as a massive benefit from him to learn from my experience, and sometimes I say, "Listen, I, I I wish I didn't play the game, so I'd be a little bit more neutral." Because it's hard for, for you to not to compare your stories and the things that work uh, on your favor. Uh, and at the end of the day, he, this is his career. This is his path. He has to write his own story. And I and I try to be very <laughs> um, neutral in my comments uh, and and to let him, as I said to you, to write his own story and live uh, it uh, the way he wants, not my way. Uh, whenever he needs an advice, I try to give him an advice. Uh, Whenever he asks me something, I try to give him, you know, whatever uh, information I, I'd like to. Uh, and, and I guess at the end of the day, uh, as he grows and he gets more mature, he will obviously make his own decisions and, and, and make his own mistakes and, and, and try to, to learn his way in a very difficult industry, I guess. Sounds like pretty good fatherly advice from Juan Pablo <laughs> Angel. You know, I'm sure that... Uh, Trinity Rodman, who had a famous father, and Dennis Rodman, as she goes through her soccer career, has had uh, all kinds of conversations. Uh, Her mother has been in her corner for so long. 
it's it's difficult to to be in someone's shoes like your son and 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 to follow in the footsteps uh, of a legend. But uh, we wish him the best of luck. Now, as we look for the World Cup to begin, are you having any predictions for us here on Sports Jam? Oh, Doug, I says I uh, as I mentioned several times already. I would love for a, a South American team to win it, uh, Argentina, Brazil, and this is obviously my personal uh, opinion but there's going to be a very interesting and hopefully a beautiful World Cup to watch fans who aren't familiar as much with soccer right I, I, i'm not you know i can't go head to head with you juan pablo and talk about all the different you know things that have gone on in soccer but i enjoy the world cup because of this passion for the country but those who aren't huge soccer fans why should they watch the world cup and listen to your podcast uh, Let's try to answer the first one. Uh, if you're passionate about the sport, regardless if your country is going to take part of it, I mean, this is, you know, the biggest competition and uh, where the majority of the best players in the world are playing. Uh, and that's basically the ultimate goal to be World Cup champion. Uh, so it's a, a, a huge opportunity and, and, and a beautiful chance for everybody to just do, obviously, whatever is at the stadiums, if they have the, uh, the luxury of watching it live, uh, or at home with the comfort of you know their sofa, whatever it is, just to uh, to, to be able to have forty whatever days uh, watching the best the, the, the best sport in in my opinion in the world um, at the biggest stage. And then in terms of the work of the podcast, I think you know uh, just talking about these rising star, some of them are a little bit more established, but talking about the stories, you know, uh, uh, the. The, the things that these players are passionate about, you know, of the field and their commitment to it, the way they are utilizing their voices to make sure of, you know, every, everyone is aware of, you know, the things that are happening of the field, uh, I think is great. And the way we tell in the story, uh, what the production have done is to manage to put out a better product that I, I haven't seen. Uh, so I think it's going to be worth it to, just to watch it. And I think everybody's going to enjoy it. And how can they find your podcast? I think there's in different in different platforms, but you know, uh, NBC obviously would be the one, Telemundo, and all of the related you know companies that work through it. NBC Universal and Telemundo providing this wonderful my new favorite footballista. The co-host is Correct. the incredible Juan Pablo Angel. You know, good luck to your son. Good luck to you in in this podcast because not only are you providing us with a a whole new perspective because of your background. But now as a father of a soccer player, you have another perspective that you can share with us. And sharing that knowledge just breeds more passion about the World Cup. Thank you so much for being a part of Sports Jam. You know, I wish I had your class and style, but I got a ways to go. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, nearing, I'm nearing past 60 now, Juan Pablo, so I don't think it's happening. <laughs> Doc, thank you very much for having me. I truly enjoy it, and I wish you all the best in the future. And hopefully we enjoy a you know, fantastic World Cup. Thanks for the memories with the Red Bulls as well. We appreciate it. Thank you. Sports Jam is a WBGO Studios production. Recently receiving Best Podcast honors from the New Jersey Society of Professional Journalists. You can check out all the Sports Jam shows at wbgo.org slash studios or wbgo.org slash sports jam. 
You can also find Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR list of podcasts or wherever you hear podcasts. Special thanks this week going out to Brian Potter of NBC Universal and LX News and Telemundo for their clips used in this episode. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game.